what this current shortage, if you like, is pointing out is that companies that lead well, manage well, are the ones that are going to retain people. If they look after their people, and I don't mean to mollycoddle them, but if they if they look after them in terms of providing opportunities for development and growth and listen to their employees, that they're going to retain them more likely. Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community. Please follow, rate, and review Good Morning HR on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or at goodmorninghr.com. As the post-COVID, well, hopefully, Great resignation continues. Many employers are scrambling to keep their best employees from jumping ship while working feverishly to attract star employees from other firms. So how have employees and job seekers' expectations changed over the last 18 months? What are they looking for in their next role? And what's really brought about this change if it's really all that different of a change? Well, my guest today is Brian Hinchcliffe. Brian is the vice president of the Dallas office of Keystone Partners, where he helps professionals in career transition navigate the job market. With a deep background in recruitment and talent management, Brian has a front row seat to the current recruiting landscape. Welcome uh, to Good Morning HR, Brian. Good good morning and uh, welcome. uh, Thank you for the welcome. Yes. So, do you think this whole, all this talk of the great resignation, is this a real thing or are we just making a, a mountain out of a molehill? No, it seems to be a real thing. And it's, it's also been called the great retirement as well. So I think it's um, something about <clears throat> what's happened in, in, during the pandemic has triggered in people a rethinking about what work looks like and whether they want to be part of it. Um, there have been a, a range of complicating factors uh, that some of which have seemed to have gone away. For example, there were enhanced in, um, unemployment benefits that did keep some people apparently out of the, the workforce for up until around September. Um, I think it also highlighted that perhaps some some pay levels were really too low. If you could afford to be home on unemployment benefits, (laughs) wow, that doesn't mean, that means you're probably not getting paid terribly much when you're at work. But yeah, it's a little mystifying. Um, The people I meet, who are the people that have been uh, let go by their employers, uh, they're in in the main um, re- re- rarer to get back into work. So, um, but I think there's 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 definitely something going on there. It's just not entirely clear what it is yet. As you're talking to job seekers, have their expectations changed, or what they're looking for in their next role is it significantly different than what they've experienced or had in the past? I think uh, I don't think that's changed. Significantly, the majority of people that I talk to are wanting to do something similar to what they've been doing throughout their career, perhaps building on on their career path to date. There's 
there's always been a smaller number that are looking to um, leverage their transferable skills into a new role, new industry, new location, or combination of those uh, range of factors. And there's always been a few that are looking to um, really consider entrepreneurship as an option where they might not, which they've had perhaps in the back of their mind for a number of years, and suddenly they're in a situation where they've got a chance to to review and, and think about what they want to do going forward. Um, I love that as a career coach, that, that, that people are happy to, um, the, the people that are happy to really look at their career in a broad sense. I, I liken it to standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and I'll ask people, so what do you see? And the, the general answer is I see a panorama, you know, there's, and it's not until you get the binoculars out that you can really start to focus on the eagle soaring in the sky or the, you know, the, the people on the mules down in the foot of the, of the floor of the, the canyon. So that's what I like to do is help them go from that panorama into some sort of focus. The uh, that that panorama panorama. I'm from Texas, so I say panorama. But I'm the, sorry, I'm from <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that. The um, but has a lot of options, and I did see that. I think it was in the Wall Street Journal last last week in an article that more small businesses were started uh, in the last twelve months than any other time in uh, recent history. So, wow. so that it's makes that makes sense. And I know a number of folks who've said, well, you know, I'm not taking any more risk by starting my own shop than I am working for an employer, uh, mm -hmm. you know, independent on what what, what happens with COVID or anything else. And so uh, it may well be it may well be that, you know, uh, that's an option when you're talking to uh, job seekers. Are you seeing. Are they being more selective right now, or um, you know, are they? You, you mentioned you know some are looking for, you know, or even considering self-employment. Um, do, do they seem to be more selective than they've been in the past, uh, or less maybe because of extended unemployment and you know just thicker bank accounts, uh, less anxious about not finding a job right away? No, I don't think that. that I haven't noticed a significant change in that. I think there are. There are some people who are always uh, highly anxious. They or certainly come into this pretty anxious because somebody's made a decision that's affected their livelihood, their family, their life, their career, and they've got to sort of get over that in order to move on to make take, actually take advantage of what what they've been presented with, which is an an opportunity to rethink what they're doing. And particularly if they have uh, the benefit of a nice little chunk of severance, that can give them a little bit of comfort. But it, it, I think it just it just reflects every any any one person's uh, own set of priorities and nervousness about change or embracing of change at the other extreme. So. I think it, it maybe it just exacerbates that at least initially, um, and so I I don't know that 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 has changed terribly much. I think that 
people are the thing that I've learned is that people have as many people as I meet have that many different views and and approaches to, to to life so my challenge is to take an approach that is going to tailor to their particular needs and and uh, interests and i think that's a mistake a lot of hr folks uh make we tend to say oh these millennials are this way or these zennials are this way or this group of, of people you know uh have these attitudes and um and maybe we're doing that excessively right now just about what the, you know people who are leaving jobs or what the job market looks like we may be overgeneralizing and and causing our own panic a little bit on the employer side it could be yeah 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 i yeah I, there is certainly a shortage of people i mean you you look at the the numbers say that there are more open jobs at a macro level than there are people available to fill them Mm-hmm. Um, the problem for the people that I work with is at their at the micro level that what does that mean? Doesn't mean anything really, <laughs> because if I can't find a job, something's something's different. So yeah, I mean, they they've got to find that one job that's unique for their skill set and experience right, and right. where they want to go with the next step in their career. Yeah. That's right. I, I am seeing uh, probably a higher incidence of people getting multiple offers and being able to negotiate. And I think that some are realizing that they have got negotiability that they might not have had last time they changed jobs because there is that shortage. Um, I'm seeing too that employer employers on the whole are speeding things up in order to, to lo- not to lose a good, a good candidate. Um, I've seen exceptions to that. Um, and they tend to be the very large companies that say, well, we'll do things at our pace. And if we lose somebody, that's okay. Everybody wants to come and work for our company. Um, that may be a little bit of, I don't know what that is, laziness on their part, or a little bit of, uh, uh, naivety in fact about the current climate yeah i think the larger organizations aren't don't tend to be as nimble they have they they're more ossified in what their processes are yeah. and it's hard to yeah. change it's hard to change process yeah and, and it's I, definitely a seller's market right now if you're if you've got labor and you yep. know there's a lot more demand for it that's right that's right so the candidates you're working with uh, I'm assuming most of them were laid off at some point over the recession. What are you seeing? Um, was it recession over, over COVID? Um, what are you seeing as far as the reasons for uh, for for layoffs right now? Uh, are we still seeing layoffs uh, coming along because of uncertainty around COVID and those kind of things, or? Uh, are we moving? Is it or companies just having supply chain issues? Those or what? Do you, what, what are the, what's what's driving those layoffs right now? I would think that the the major reason, and it's been the predominant reason for the last however many years, has been just the good old reorganization. Maybe there's a merger or an acquisition, um, some organizational change that means that we rethink who we need and where we need them. 
yeah. that that seems to be the case and uh, has been the case for as long as that for the you know really for the last um, number of years and technology is I, I know a lot of employers made big investments in technology over the last year year and a half and there's probably new efficiencies there where uh, maybe they they need that you know they need three people with this skill set but not nine. And, yeah, uh, those yeah. But, but the, 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 the same thing that ha has been happening where we've got th three groups of people around the country and we decide to consolidate everything into one centre. Now, because of our, our willingness now as a result of the pandemic to consider remote location, that doesn't necessarily mean that people lose their job because if if they're happy to be, uh, if the company's able to cope with the fact that they're in a different location, so um, that maybe help them to stay. What we've noticed in in the career transition space, and I think it's it's not it's certainly not a secret in in our little industry, is that there are um, far fewer layoffs taking place in, in the last. Six to six to nine months. This this calendar year probably, it's 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 quite unusual. Um, now <laughs> that may catch up <laughs> as companies get a little more confident about where things are going in 2022. But then we were saying that in 2021, <laughs> as we came into 2021, well, uh, that'll be different. If that was 2020, that this is 2021. Well, things haven't been quite as different as we hoped they might be. Yes, and it, so much of it just depends on what the economy does. And if That's we, right. If yeah. supply chain doesn't, doesn't get itself unraveled and if inflation continues to rise, labor is going to become yeah. more expensive and uh, yeah, we may be, you know, may, may be making some hard choices in the next 18 months. I uh, think something like that's probably going to happen. But what it is, um, you know, the economists can can prognosticate about it, but um, yeah, we'll find out <laughs> as a result of that. And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. If you're an HRCI or SHRM certified professional, this episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on Research Credits. Then select Episode 24 and enter the keyword Talent. That's T-A-L-E-N-T. 23 years ago, I founded Imperative to partner with risk-averse companies in making well-informed decisions about the people they involve in their business. We've identified the most common ways background check companies cut corners that impact the quality, accuracy, and depth of the information they provide employers. And their clients aren't even aware of these issues until something goes wrong. You can download the six questions you should ask of your background check vendor at imperativeinfo.com six. And of course, you can always reach out to Imperative to discuss your background check process through our website at imperativeinfo.com. And now back to my conversation with Brian Hinchcliffe. So if I... If I'm an employer in the, you know, uh, in the current market, 
How important is the ability for employees to work remote at the professional class that you're dealing with? Are they do they really care about working remote or or in a hybrid situation or are they just as happy to come into the office? I think that the answer to that question is as different as people are different. Okay. Um, I know um, I know people. I was talking to somebody only yesterday, and he he went back into the office the moment he could. He just mm-hmm. likes being in the office. I think other people who prefer to work um, on their own uh, have been much happier and perhaps more productive working remotely, but it's exacerbated some uh, mental health issues for some people as well. That's become a, a, a factor also. So it, it, I think what I'm seeing or assuming is going to happen at least in the, in the, the next few years will be that there'll be a hybrid, that hybrid model that everybody's talking about few days at home each week and a couple of days in the office and um which doesn't bode well for commercial real estate i, I if, if i've only got a third of my workforce in at any given time I, I might be concerned about i may not, not need all that square footage well I, in fact i had a, a gentleman that i worked with probably now 18 months ago at the beginning of the pandemic and he had been in uh, the franchise industry from a property standpoint, commercial real estate, he saw an opportunity. I'm not sure that he stuck with it ultimately, but he actually had a business that he reoriented towards helping companies um, renegotiate their leases to because they needed fewer square feet, or fewer yeah, body. Yeah, maybe a hot business in the next as as leases continue to and, yeah. and then once they start to expire in the next few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I know anecdotally, anecdotally of a number of companies that have seen that as an opportunity. If what are you seeing, current companies, uh, or or what would you what would you tell a, a, an employer that's that's concerned about their employees jumping ship, looking at other opportunities? Um, you know, just, you know, it, it's hard to speak, you know, cause they need to know, you know, their specific industries and all that, but do, are you seeing practices that are, are, are more favorable or more attractive to, uh, the current job seekers that's in one company versus another? Not so much that, but I, I think overall that, um, what this current shortage, if you like, is pointing out is that companies that lead well, manage well, are the ones that are going to retain people. If they look after their people, and I don't mean to mollycoddle them, but if they if they look after them in terms of providing opportunities for development and growth and listen to their employees, that they're going to retain them more likely than, you know, than, because there's always going to be companies that won't do that. And so... I think just good management practices will always win out and people respond to that. I saw uh, a study I th- uh, last week, and, and I'm saying this off the top of my head, but I think it's, it was that um, people who change jobs uh, 
have lower job satisfaction um, eight, as, as late as 18 months after changing jobs. That they that it's at least eight, you know it takes that long before they have the job satisfaction that's equal to where they were before. And so I think I think the grass is always greener. Is is one is you know we're we get into a difficult circumstance sometimes and we want to see change and we just take change for the sake of change. And uh, and especially if somebody's not working with a coach like you who and, and they just see this opportunity and they they don't have the tools at hand to think through a process. Uh, that could be a real challenge for them. What, what kind of, when you're working with your clients, what kind of, uh, conversations do you have around how, you know, what's the best way to evaluate an opportunity? Uh, is this the right fit for me? Um, what I always encourage people to do is take a total reward concept, um, when they're evaluating an opportunity. So it's not just the dollars, it's, and it's not, it's not just the tangibles, it's the intangibles as well. And um, I love it when people will consider that and look at the culture and, and try to figure out, um, particularly if they're feeling a little burnt, um, a little bit harmed by the fact that they were laid off by somebody else that without their ability to influence that and despite their performance, good performance, perhaps. Uh, you know, we get our feelings hurt and uh, when, we, when we lose an opportunity and and uh, our reaction is to, well, you know, jump into the next thing we, we have available without thinking through all the ins and outs of, yeah, well, what I think where I was going with that was more, more the other way that some people see having had that negative experience, they want to make sure that the next one is a positive one and they really want to think through and, and get the right fit in the next um, next place that they go. Because there were, there were people changing uh, jobs all last year, uh, all through 2020. I had, you know, we had a good flow of people landing, um, but they were. It was a sort of a laborious process because companies were working out how to do it with Zoom interviews and all of that. And uh, I'm I'm an example of somebody that joined Keystone nearly two years ago, but to to this date, I've only met a handful of my colleagues face to face because most of them are up in the, the Massachusetts area, uh, Chicago, those places like that. And Dallas was the 10th office that we opened. So um, there are now two of us down here. <laughs> so it's, um, it's been nice to actually meet a, a few of the people hand, uh, face to face where, but I've, I've gotten to know people uh, in um, despite that sort of Zoom approach, um, yeah, I, and and I I've been amazed by how well Zoom has really worked. Um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's hor- I, I still think it's horrible for delivering education, uh, especially if it's very complex or takes a lot of time. But for for short collaboration efforts, I think it's it's you know we went remote and we're staying remote forever. And I own my office building and I've got to figure out what to do with all my yeah, office. Yes. But but um, 
you know, it's uh, it's it's worked well for my for my team. Um, but let's talk about you mentioned those Zoom interviews and um, are how do you how does as an employer any advice on on preparing to if you're still in a place where you're either somebody's remote and and you don't, you don't want to fly them in or uh, it's still I was just in D.C. last week and they're still locked down. I you know, you wear a mask everywhere you go. And uh, I got scolded at Starbucks a couple of times because I just flat forgot. I'm, I'm here in Texas, man. I, I'm kissing strangers on the mouth. I I don't even you know, I, I'm not wearing masks. And it just takes me a while, took me a while to get used to it. But so there's places where you just can't, you know, where they're not people aren't going to be comfortable meeting face to face. Any any advice on on conducting Zoom interviews in a way that's more effective? Um, I, th- I think giving 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 the candidate some better instructions about what to expect is always a good thing. But then, you know, that's always been the the issue that, uh, and part of the coaching that we give to our our, our clients is to find out who you're going to be interviewing with. Is it a one-on-one? If you're going to interview with four people on Tuesday morning, is it going to be uh, four half-hour separate interviews or is it going to be two hours of four people in uh, all together? Because that has a big bearing on, of course, on the on the dynamics of the of the meeting. If you've got people firing questions from all directions or do you have a more uh, consistent um, well thought out approach. So basically the technology is the problems are people problems and the technology is just a different venue for delivering, delivering them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do, you know, most of almost all of our meetings with our clients for the last year and a half have of course been via zoom or teams or one of the, one of the, the online approaches um and so um one of the things i one of the reasons i like to see see my client on video is not that for, so they can see my my face <laughs> they don't need that but so that i can see how they're coming across um <laughs> i had a, a meeting this morning with somebody and i said oh you're in silhouette mode are you? <laughs> And it was just his head. I couldn't. I couldn't make out any facial features at all because of the because of the where he was sitting in relation to the window and no lighting on his face. Yeah, and after after a full, well over a year of Zoom, you would think people would have that stuff figured out. But even on the podcast here, we've had some issues where 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 people didn't quite understand just the basic stuff about lighting and and using a, you know the camera and the mic the right way. So. So I guess it's all we're all we're all learning, I guess, on a on our own scale. Yeah, another gentleman that I worked with, and uh, um, every time I'd talk to him, there'd be this sort of intermittent screeching. And uh, he's an engineer, <laughs> and uh, I spoke to him today, and he said, "Oh, yeah, I finally figured that out. It was the autofocus on the on the webcam kept wanting to to was kept." causing this screeching effect. So he just disabled the autofocus and he was fine. But he was he was grateful that I pointed it out because he, he'd had the problem in an interview and that's not a good thing. 
I can put up with it. That doesn't worry me particularly. But he, he wants to, he doesn't want anything to distract from how he performs in the interview. And you definitely want an engineer to be a good problem solver. And so, <laughs> and so he needs to know yeah, that he's yeah, got a problem. Think, yeah. 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 One last question. Um, if a company is in a position where they're going to lay off some employees and, um, and, and they're looking at an outplacement service, what, what are the, the benchmarks or what are the characteristics uh, to make sure your employees get a good, a good quality service and, as they exit and feel good about, you know, uh, feel good about the company's efforts to help them be successful mm-hmm. as they move on. What 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 should you look for in a in, in an outplacement firm? Well, I, I obviously price comes into it, but there's to my way of thinking, there's been too much emphasis on low cost, and you know, sometimes when you save money, have you actually saved money or have you wasted the money you've spent? So I think. Um, the the thing that Keystone prides itself on is uh, a mix of technology and via portal. In fact, we're about to uh, release our new portal. Uh, we're testing it at the moment. A mix of technology and the one-on-one, the, the high-touch, high-tech approach is what you, what you need. And 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 a company that. W- w- will work with you to understand your needs as a company, not just for the people that are leaving, but think about the survivors, the people that are staying. They're going to decide whether or not they're mad with you and maybe leave themselves, depending on how they see you treat the people, their friends, who you've let let go. And, you know, it's... There's, as somebody once said, and this is a long time ago, uh, there's no right way to do layoff. There's a least wrong way. So finding the least wrong way, whatever that looks like, is critical. And having having us involved in um, coaching your managers to deliver the notification, and having us involved in the in the actual delivery of the notification, being there on the day of is usually a, a, a much um, leads to a much better outcome. Yeah, that would be a, a whole episode to itself, and it would probably be worth revisiting. I, uh, yep. Just that whole process, especially if we start to see more layoffs come up. But that's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Thanks very much, Mike. Enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guests at goodmorninghr.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Rob Upchurch is our technical producer and imperatives marketing coordinator. Katie Bautista keeps the trains running on time. And I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of service to you personally or professionally. I'll see you next week, and until then... Be well, do good, and keep your chin up.